if you were listening to this <laughs> and you're in high school, hey, turn up the volume, no. kid. Don't do it. Do not do this. This is a PSA. Do not do this ever. Okay. All right. A little February action. All right, all right, all right. A little whoa, 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 hey, hey, hey. So since it is February, we decided we wanted to switch it up and do a little little something special for the only holiday really at the beginning half of the year. The only holiday until St. Patrick's Day. Yes, yes. But we decided to do a fun little rom-com February for you. So this month we're just doing some classics and some new rom-coms for you. Yes, we're doing some old favorites, um, some Mm. new classics. And we just want to, you know, spread the love. It's not about Mm -hmm. being in a relationship or dating someone. I don't care about that. We're here (laughs) for the classic good old rom-com. Get yourself a candy bar. Mm -hmm. Take a bubble bath. You know? Yeah. I want off-the-walls chemistry. I want contrived plots. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. want complications. I want a transformation. And I want a happy ending. Yeah. And I want just as many montages as I can possibly get. Yes, of course. The date montage, the falling in love Mm -hmm. montage, the getting ready montage. The breakup, the the sad times. The makeup. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the whole thing. I'm so excited for this month. I feel like the pod is like having a glow up moment. We started out the year really yes. strong. We have a ton of great stuff in store. We have merchandise. Yes. Okay. One thing I'm really excited about is our first pod giveaway. It's very exciting. We have an amazing little selection we pulled for you. You get some merch, you get some stickers, you get a hat, you get some scrunchies. Honestly, guys, if I was selfish, I would keep this all for myself. I think that all the stuff that um, we picked out is just really, really cute. And you get one of our own, you know, first merch pieces ever. Yeah. Yeah. And we're just really excited more than anything, I think, to just share with you, like, how grateful we are for your viewership. We feel so lucky to have our community of I don't know what to like. I feel like we should have like a pet name or something. A name for our listeners? Our little princesses. (laughs) I don't know about that. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) We'll we'll let some things ruminate. Yeah. So the way to enter is you must be following our Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. You subscribe to the podcast on your preferred platform. You like our post and tag a friend. And if you want a bonus entry, you can also share it to your story and tag us so we can see it. But yeah, the giveaway ends on February 7th, so you still have a couple days to get your entry in. It's going to be a random drawing, just like a random generator selector thingy. So may the odds be ever in your favor. We also have a review that we get to talk about today. Yes, we do. It's from a fellow pod. Um, It's the Love versus Hate podcast. They left us a really kind review. Highly recommend checking them out. Their show is so much fun. It's a great hang. It's a great time. Mm -hmm. It'll be like two perspectives. 
someone's like mm-hmm. for something, someone's against something, and they chat about it. It's pretty enjoyable. It feels like you're hanging out with your friends. Exactly. So for those of you that don't know, when we get a review on Apple Podcasts, we will give you a shout out in the episode and assign you a song to play in the 2000s movie montage of your life. And for the ladies from Love vs. Hate, we decided to go with something a little bit fun, a little bit spunky with kind of like a rock vibe. So we chose Mm -hmm. the song What I Like About You by The Romantics. Yes. A little energy shift, a little, you know, spunky. Mm. It kind of gets you ready for the night ahead, you know? Yes. So thank you so much for leaving us a review. We appreciate it so much. And we encourage everybody to check out their podcast. And if you would like a shout out in our next episode, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. And then shoot us a DM or something so that we know it was you. Just remember to like, rate, and review and subscribe. Do all that fun stuff. It's really Mm -hmm. helpful. It helps get our podcast, you know, just grows the community of people who listen and who love throwback movies. Yeah. Put us on your Instagram story. Tell a friend. Tell a neighbor. Tell your coworker, your significant other. Yes. Bring it up in the bedroom. Role play. No. Okay. (laughs) On that note, shall we get into our first rom-com of the month? Yes. I'm so excited. Today, we are doing... A truly off-the-walls movie. Unhinged. 1999's Never Been Kissed. Oh my <laughs> lord. We honestly didn't write much for the intro for this movie because it's not yes. necessary. If you've seen this movie, which I watched it when I was a bit younger, I guess, because I didn't even mm-hmm. understand like the gravitas. Yeah. The implications. So <laughs> I... <laughs> I just want you to come on this ride with us and to live each moment by moment um, of how absurd the plot for this movie is. It's like, like I've never seen To Catch a Predator, but this is like a romanticized version. (laughs) This is literally, yeah. This is To Catch a Predator fan fiction. We put Drew Barrymore in a school with teenagers to (laughs) to see if the English teacher... Um, was in fact a predator. Um, spoiler alert, he is. But holy crap. Yeah, I never really realized the stakes because I've like watched this movie growing up a lot. We had like the DVD. That's pretty insane. I always really liked it. Yeah, I'm like, should I have been watching this? <laughs> Probs not. I guess they don't make it seem because they don't like do anything explicit, right? So they don't make it seem yeah. like... But if I found out that a teacher is acting that way towards my kid in high school, Mm-mm. oh my god, no, no, no. Yeah, I would go ballistic. So your job would be gone. <laughs> yeah. Another fun thing that I did while watching this movie and taking notes was that I pulled up the script, and the only script I could find was the <gasps> shooting draft. That's a total other mess. Oh my god. Honestly, thank god to whoever edited this movie because yeah. – it could have been a whole lot worse. Mm-hmm. I'll like bring up certain examples throughout, but yeah, whoever at the studio took a quick pass and was like, we got to cut some of these <laughs> one-on-one scenes with um, Drew Barrymore and Michael Vartan. Excellent choice. You made this movie a lot less creepy than it could have been, and it's still questionable at best. Yeah, some of the excerpts you sent me, like, yeah. okay, we'll get to it later. We'll get to it later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's just dive in. Yeah. 
Okay. Opening of the film. We hear a little catch a falling star. We see a baseball field. The crowd is cheering. And we have Drew Barrymore standing on the pitcher's mound. And she said, oh, I wish I could do a Drew Barrymore impression, but I can't. But she says, you know how in some movies they have a dream sequence, only they don't tell you it's a dream? This is so not a dream. It wasn't supposed to be like this. I was just doing my job. And then something happened. Well, life happened. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> and the game is on. <laughs> Let the games begin. <laughs> so cut to the Chicago Sun-Times. Josie, played by Drew Barrymore. She used to be a nobody, and now she is the youngest copywriter at the Chicago Sun. Insane. Pretty incredible. She's like our age. Yeah. She's like 25 in this movie. Makes me feel woozy mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> about where my career is. But yep. moving forward. <laughs> so another writer asked Josie a spelling question for her article, and she's like, Oh, well, it's E-R, so unless you want to look like a pretentious, like, wannabe, don't use R-E. And she's like, thank you, Josie. Yeah, she's a grammar queen. Yeah, and she has her own office, unlimited stationery, and her own personal assistant, played by Sean Whalen. Okay, very funny character yeah. actor. He was also in Charlie's Angels with yes. Drew Barrymore. Yes. The same year they were probably shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Merkin is talking on the phone. He's like chatting Merkin. up some girl. I know. <laughs> I can't believe they named a character Merkin. My God. It's pretty audacious. <sighs> yeah. And Josie tells him that she needs index cards and he totally blows her off. I'm like, that's your boss. What are you doing? But Josie heads into her office. It's beautiful. It's peaceful until Anita played by the one and only Molly Shannon, comes in and she is like gushing about last night's hookup. And she's like, oh my God, I hooked up with Roger from op-ed. Then (sighs) Gus, played by John (laughs) C. Riley. Already this cast is like unbelievable yeah comes in he slams a packet on uh josie's desk and he's like i'm gonna need this septuplet story by five funny i just realized what he did there Mm. and he's like hopefully the copy is not a mess because there was some sort of shit going on with the copy machine yeah and then josie corrects his grammar in some way gus is not impressed he then turns to anita and is like, oh, yeah, like heard you hooked up with Roger from op-ed. She's like, who told you? And he's like, Roger from op-ed. And so he basically says, like, do I have to remind you about the intra-office dating policy? And she's like, what's the policy, Augustus? If you're not getting any, no one can. Bold to say to your boss. Bold. <laughs> Apparently, he's already tried to fire her eight times. <laughs> So as Gus leaves Josie's office, she follows after him and asks if he got her story idea. And he's like, yeah, it's great. Mm -hmm. I put this other reporter on it. And she's like, I can totally do it. I want to be a journalist. You've taken five of my story ideas and I haven't been able to write them. And he's like, listen, Josie, you're a great copy editor, but you're not a real journalist. A real journalist will get in there where the action is happening and grab the bull by the balls. And she's like, I can grab the bull's balls. And he's like... No, you can't, sweetie. (laughs) Your life is all about order and control. It's just not for you. Yeah, he's like, you're not going anywhere near those balls. Mm -mm. 
So at lunch, Josie, Anita, and their co-worker, a very small side <laughs> character named Cynthia, played by Oscar winner, Octavia Spencer. Are you kidding me? I'm losing my goddamn mind. <laughs> yeah, and Meryl's the lunch lady. Like, what is happening here? <laughs> Kate Blanchett is like the parking attendant and Cameron Diaz has a, a minor bit character as like um a concession stand girl. Oh my god. Okay. So they're all eating lunch together and Anita's like, you know, maybe Gus has a point. You should loosen up a bit. And she offers to fix her up with Roger from Op Ed's friend. And Josie's like, no, lol, absolutely not. And Anita's like, okay, when is the last time you went on a real date? And Josie says she's concentrating on her career right now. I'm like, we've heard that one before. Yeah. (laughs) So Anita's like, do you even own any colored underwear? And Josie's like, Okay, you know, the right guy for me is out there, and I'm not going to kiss a bunch of losers just to get to him. She's like, when I do finally get my kiss, I'll know. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If you've never kissed a guy, we've got bigger problems than your underwear. And Josie's like, no, like, it's just that I've never felt that thing. And I don't know who says this, but they're like, Cynthia, Cynthia, that thing is that what you kids are calling it these days. And then Josie like launches into this whole monologue and she says, gosh, that thing, that moment when you, you kiss someone and it's like the world around you gets hazy and the only thing in focus is you and this other person. And you know, that one person is the person you're meant to be kissing for the rest of your life. And for that one moment, you've been given this amazing gift and you want to laugh and cry at the same time because you're so lucky you found it and so scared it'll go away all at the same time. When I was like younger when I was a kid, I was like, oh my God, this is like so emotional and like deep and like hitting me in all the places. And now as an adult woman, I'm like, I wish that this was satirical, but they treat it so genuinely that I'm like, oh, it's just too like earnest. Yeah, I get what you're saying. But yeah, we then pan over to Anita and Cynthia and they're just like awestruck. And Cynthia says, damn girl, you are a writer. (laughs) (laughs) so that evening in her apartment Josie listens to some John Lennon and finishes making a pillow and I'm like oh no doing a little needlepoint the sad thing is is like literally the other day I spent Friday night I was knitting a cardigan and I was like damn I'm really not liking the parallels I'm seeing between me and Josie right now not a good look for me oh no she has a lot of these decorative pillows though like a lot of them so we move forward we move on (laughs) and the next day they're having this board meeting with the big boss and um he's like okay i'm happy with the piece dutton did on pesticides in the supermarket but since the freaking tribune did it better (laughs) you're gone you're fired Bye-bye. Then he's like, okay, we should celebrate by doing another (laughs) undercover feature. And he talks about how this is so funny to me. He's talking about how his hair plugs were a foray into their most recent expose. Hair today, gone tomorrow. (laughs) And 
he just recently got more inspiration from his everyday life. He's like, all right, last night I was having dinner with my family and my son, he begins to choke. He realizes that he's allergic to peanuts. I don't even know my own kids. So here's what we're going to do. An undercover story about living a semester in high school. He points to Josie and asks for her name. And she's like, Josie? Josie Geller? And he tells her (laughs) that she starts Monday. Oh, my God. So now Josie's on the case. She's getting her chance at a story. Yeah, she just happened to be the only person in the room who looked like they could be in high school. Also important to note that the boss, Rigford, is played by Gary Marshall. Yeah. Yet another insane addition to the cast. Pretty wild. So after this, Josie, like, runs to her office. She's freaking out. She can't believe that it's, like, really happening. Anita runs in afterwards, and she's like, maybe you should turn it down. Gus comes in, and he's like, don't worry. Like, I'm going to straighten this whole thing out. And she's like, neither of you think I can do this. Anita, when you wanted to seduce the guy in the mailroom, and you didn't think you could learn Spanish fast enough, who quizzed you on your verbs? And a very amazing moment from Molly Shannon. She just quietly goes... Senorita Josie. And then she turns to Gus and she's like, and Gus, when you wanted to learn how to knit, who showed you how to work those needles? And he's like, you did. (laughs) So he gives in and he's like, okay, I'm not holding your job for you though. So she screams and like hugs them both. And Josie and Anita are so excited. And they're like, oh my God, you get to be 17 again. Wow. Sounds like a nightmare to me, but go off. Pretty wild time for me as well. So Josie goes to visit her little brother, Rob. He asks to borrow his car, Bambi. She's like, I can't drive to high school with my car. It's too nice. And he's like, no, I don't want to do this. But she's like, think about it. You get my Buick Le Sabre (laughs) and you can name it whatever you want. But think about Drew Barrymore saying Le Sabre because it's like just different that way, you know? Yeah. And Josie follows her brother into this tiki-style UPS that he works at. Yeah, like the tiki post. (laughs) Yeah, but go off, I guess. And she asks if he has looked into enrolling at the community college this semester. He's like, no, no, it's too late. I'm not going to college and I'm not playing baseball. This is my life. Yeah. Bro. Rob is played by David Arquette. Yes. Such a, such a cast. We get a great shot of Josie's just simply disgusting gauchos. Pretty awful. Josie tells him that this is not his life. This is a luau that sells packing material. And he totally had a shot at playing college ball, but he let one case of mono stop him. And she then proceeds to tell him about her new undercover opportunity and like tells him the whole thing. And Rob is like, do you remember high school? Do you remember they used to call you in high school? And we get a flashback to an entire cafeteria of kids chanting, Josie, Grossy, Josie, Grossy. Yeah. Oh, poor girl. And she's like, yeah, I remember. And he's like, I know. I made it up. I didn't realize it was going to catch on so quick. Awful. So Josie starts to feel really overwhelmed and she runs to the bathroom to go and throw up. Then we get a nice flashback of Josie yeah. in high school girl she seemed really nice why didn't anyone just tell her like girl like it's all gonna be okay just brush your hair 
and wash yeah. her face. Like, it doesn't have yeah. to be – like, the way they make her look is so tragic. Yeah. It didn't have to be that way. <laughs> Josie is walking down the hall. A guy puts a roll of toilet paper in her bag. It's, like, trailing on the floor. And yeah. then someone pours a can of Sprite in her bag, which I think is really cruel. Yeah. She goes up to Billy, the resident, you know, hot, popular guy. She was like, oh, my God. It's so bad. Hey, Billy, I noticed you weren't in class today, so I took some notes for you. Billy looks no. her up and down. He sees the Sprite can, like, dripping on the floor. Yeah. So it looks like she peed her pants. Yeah, not a good look for her. Yeah. And he just starts laughing at her. And Josie looks down to see the Sprite leaking out of her bag onto the ground. Oof. It's rough. Yeah. So we cut back to Josie in present day in the bathroom. And she looks in the mirror and sees her high school self. And they're both like, this is a very bad idea. Yeah. But the day before Josie goes back to school, she has this whole montage of trying out different hairstyles makeup and like she has all of these things laid out on her floor she like is Mm -hmm. ready to go so she pulls up to school the next day where her car immediately backfires pretty bad and everyone stares at her she's wearing just the most insane outfit it's all white it's like a i don't even know what era 70s I guess. Eight, I guess so. early 80s, maybe. It's all white. It's this jacket that has this like fuzzy feather trim. It's not a good look. She walks into the school. She's like practicing her backstory that she's from Scranton when she gets stopped at the metal detector. And I do wonder is this a real thing in schools in America, the metal detectors? It depends on like how rich your school district is, I would say. It's like. Yeah. It's mostly to prohibit weapons if your school is known Mm. for that. Yeah, because I've only ever seen it in movies because I've never even been into, like, an American high school before. But, yeah, she goes through the metal detector. The security guard then, like, searches her bag, and he confiscates her nail file because it's a weapon. The bell rings, and Josie runs down the hallway trying to find her class. Yes. She makes it to her Spanish class. Josie apologizes for being late, and the teacher apologizes for not taking her hot flash medication this morning. What? This school is so – it's full of TMI teachers. It's also unclear what kind of class this is because, like, she has – she, like, sometimes will speak in Spanish, but then they're like, today we're learning about, like, India. And I'm like, geography? What is this class? I think it's geography. Yeah. I think world studies, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? But immediately she is ragged on by Kirsten and Kristen. I don't remember the other girl's name. Well, Jessica Alba. Jessica Alba is Kirsten. Yeah. Marley Shelton is Kristen. And the other one is Gibby. Jordan Ladd. Not as traditionally famous, mm. but those yeah. are the popular girls. I'm like, Jessica Alba looks so pretty. Yeah. Kristen, a.k.a. Marley Shelton, is like five chickens had to die for her to look that stupid. She's not wrong. It's pretty bad. Yeah. So the teacher, Miss Knox, then tells her that in her class, tardiness is unacceptable. So she puts this giant sombrero on her head to wear like as punishment. I'm like, that's so mean to do on somebody's first day at a new school. Like, come on. So she makes her, while wearing the sombrero, stand up in front of the class and say a little bit about herself. So she starts to say where she's from, 
when the door opens and Josie whips her head around to see Billy? Is that Billy coming in in a flash of light? So she says out loud, Billy? (laughs) It's not Billy. It's just another good-looking, popular boy in the school. And the teacher's like, you're from Billy? And she's like, Billy Bali. Um, It's outside of Bali proper. And then the teacher says, ah, yes, the island nation of Bali, which is false. Bali is a part of Indonesia, you dummy. But Josie then continues to say that she's from Bali and her family are sheep herders there. She's just like going off the wall, trying to make it work. Yeah. Just throwing shit, see what sticks. But yeah. after class, Josie makes a note on her recorder and she's like, research Bali. Kill Anita for picking out this outfit. Also, find and destroy Sombrero. (laughs) So Josie gets to her next class where she sits down and the popular girls come over and make her move. And they're like, these are our seats. And in walks English teacher Sam Coulson, a.k.a. Michael Vartan, a.k.a. wanted predator number Number one. one. (laughs) Not Michael Vartan, but this character. Yes. So Sam introduces himself. Apparently, like, the school lets the kids call him Sam instead of Mr. Coulson. Weird, but okay. Josie introduces herself, and then she sits down where the girl next to her, Aldis, offers to share her book with her. And Sam asks everybody what a pastoral comedy is. Nobody knows, but Josie does because she's a college-educated woman (laughs) and says that uh, the setting would be a farm or pasture and like explains basically the origins of the word, etc. Sam is super impressed and he looks at her with his fucking predator eyes and he's like, are you sure you're 17? And she's literally jacking off in class. Literally. And she's like, yes, I'm 17. I'm 17, and you're a predator. You are a predator. A predator. So at lunch, Josie's like, this is the perfect time for me to um, start my journalistic pursuits. She gets her lunch. Then Josie very boldly sits with all the popular girls. She's like, hi, Kristen. It's Kirsten. I'm like, how would she know that? How would she know? It's Kirsten. (laughs) Yes. So Josie spills her chocolate milk. I cannot believe she does this. All over her white jeans. And she's like, that'll teach me to wear white jeans after Labor Day. I'm like, you played yourself. And then one of them goes, I don't think you're supposed to wear white jeans after 1983. So Josie pulls out her notebook and she's like, so girls, what are your hopes and dreams? (laughs) Bruh. It's just it's it's wild. So all the girls are staring at her, and then Guy, the popular hot boy in her Spanish slash geography slash world studies class, yes, walks up and he actually introduces himself. He's like, "Oh, like, are you new? I'm Guy." She gets really flustered and like blushy and starts babbling and rhyming. And at one point, she says, "Yikes, bikes." And I say that pretty often and nobody ever gets the reference, but I always say, yikes, bikes. Oh, yeah. I definitely probably did not (laughs) register. Yeah. I love some niche movie quote references. But after this just embarrassing display, he then asks her 
if she's in special ed. Josie then gets really embarrassed and the girls laugh. and They're like, oh my God, I can't believe you said that. And she runs off. While she's walking away, she says to herself, how old am I? And then one of the denominators, which is like the mathlete team, yeah, is like approximately 6,350 days, depending on your birthday. And then they all laugh as if it's like the funniest joke they've ever heard. And Josie walks away. You know, at least they're like living, laughing, loving. At least they have yeah. some sort of group and a coping mechanism and whatnot. Yeah. Josie is like free falling. Yeah. So then after school, Josie is heading towards her car when she sees that it is gone. So that's when Aldi's the girl from her English class comes up, played by Lily Sobieski. She says that the popular kids always do this to new students. They hide your car and they watch while you try and find it. So then Aldi's asks Josie if she wants to go and grab a bite at a cafe nearby. Josie's making friends. Well, a friend, but close enough. Yeah. At least one. And at the cafe, Josie asks her about her hopes and dreams because she's like, it worked so well the first time. Yeah. Um, Aldi's actually gives like a really like beautiful answer. I really like this moment of the film. She's like, I want to be a professor of medieval literature and a potter and a painter and an architect. And I want to go to Northwestern. And Josie accidentally is like, I went there. And Aldi's is like, what? And Jesse's like, um, to use the bathroom once. And immediately looking out the window, she sees Rob driving by in her Buick Le Sabre, decked <laughs> out with the Tiki Post logo on the side. Josie is shook. Yeah. <laughs> she gets a call from Gus and she like pretends it's her dad and takes the call and Gus cannot believe the pitch she gave. She wants to do an expose on cafeteria food girlfriend oh my god one day you've been there one day so josie's like well actually like the bulk of the article will be about the pimento loaf oh god pimento loaf gus is like you need to look at what sells sex scandals okay and let me know when you do her ass is truly on the line yeah so Josie and Aldi's then go back to school to the football field where the popular kids have pushed her car directly in the middle of. Aldi's also reconnects the battery, which they disconnected. Pretty wild. I know. And she asks Josie if she's any good at calculus. And when Josie says yes, and I'm like, I can't imagine still being good at calculus like almost 10 years out of high school, but I don't have a math brain. Yeah. So then Aldi's asks her to join the denominators. And she says it's really fun, and without sounding like the godfather, they could offer her a certain amount of protection. (laughs) So Josie agrees. Yeah. So she's like, I remember calculus, even though my job has nothing to do with it, and uh, I haven't used it in years for any applicable reason. Yeah. She is wearing the denominator's um, sweatshirt. She is hanging out with her pals. There is a bake sale where we get a pie and pie as in the mathematics symbol, visual gag. Josie helps them with the competition. She like finishes her math equation. She's the anchor and they win. I'm just like, you're taking opportunities away from kids that might need them for college. (laughs) I'm like, where's the story? Okay, where's the story, Josie? The story's not with the mathletes, I'll tell you that much. The next day, we're at English class. Aldi's reads a passage from As You Like It. It's the All the World's a Stage. 
moment. And Sam says that the major theme in As You Like It is playing a part. And he asks for an example of this. And Aldi says, you know, when Rosalind dresses like a man and escapes into the forest. And Sam is like, yes, exactly. When in costume, she can finally express her feelings to Orlando. And he starts to talk about how, like, when you're in costume, you do things that you couldn't normally do in everyday life. So he goes over to Brett, who's, like, one of the football players. And he's like, oh, so, like, what happens when you guys go out in the football field? And he's like, we kick ass. And Sam is like, yeah, you yell and you hit people and you touch other guys' butts. And they're all like, oh, my God, having a little gay panic moment. (laughs) And he's like, but it's fine because you're in uniform. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. So he shares an anecdote about himself. And he played um, peewee hockey when he was younger, but he was so nervous to just take a shot that his father got him a helmet signed by Gordie Howe. And he's like, oh my God, Gordie Howe. And literal crickets because no yeah. one knows who that is except Josie. But she obviously can't say anything. And then Sam is like, okay, like the Tiger Woods of my generation. And everyone's like, oh, Oh. cool. (laughs) So Sam is like, you know, I felt invincible in that helmet. The point being that a disguise can make you feel liberated. And we're literally like, Josie, Rosalind, da-da-da, ba-ba-ba. Oh, my God. So um, Sam asked Josie to read Act 5, Scene 2, a.k.a. Rosalind's speech. And Josie gets another flashback. This is a rough one. Really awful. rough, Rough moment. If anyone is listening and you're in high school, don't ever do this. So... Oh, my God. I just, like, made snot fly out of my nose. If you were listening to this and you're in high school, hey, turn up the volume, kid. Don't do it. Do not do this. This is a PSA. Do not do this ever. You graduate. You move away. You live your best life. But in high school, don't be yourself in this moment. So This is a message from the public broadcasting system. Please, if you are in high school, do not do this. Do not do this. <sighs> so Josie gets up in front of the class and she reads a poem that she wrote directly to Billy. Directly. And I'm going to read it for you. Eye contact. So she says, does he notice me? <laughs> <laughs> through it okay does he notice me does he hear my heart screaming his name sometimes it's so loud i think the gods can hear my pain his voice is so mellifluous oh to just get one small kiss dude you can't don't do this don't ever do don't do this don't do this do not do this but it's funny because in 10 Things I Hate About You, she does yeah. this. But I guess they That's already true. had a thing going. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't that insane. Different social hierarchy situations. Slash um, stalker situations. Yeah. So obviously the whole class is laughing. But Billy is actually smiling at her. Interesting. We then cut to 
still in the flashback, the library where Josie is studying and her friend busts the fuck in and she's like, okay, what have you wanted forever but never thought would happen? And Josie's like, that I'm the most popular girl in school and Billy Prince is asking me to prom. And her friend is like, yes, Billy is asking you to prom. And Josie cannot figure out. She's like, what are you talking about? But then realizes it was the poem. He liked the poem. How? It hurts. It hurts me. No. So they both start (laughs) screaming. So they both start screaming and jumping up and down and hugging each other. And then in the midst of this, we cut back to present day where the bell rings and English class is over. Yeah, in the hallway, Josie and Aldis are walking when she hears a voice through the intercom. There's an announcement saying that the prom theme has been selected. The theme this year is the millennium. What you wrote this? I think it's a cool <laughs> theme. It's 1999. I guess so. Everyone is like celebrating and cheering. Guy walks by with his pals. They're like, the prom is gonna be so rufus. Um, I can't. Is this a guy's like term that he made up? Yeah, it's guys. It's his like slang term, bro. It's gonna be for like rufus. cool. We have to. We could start using that. It's gonna yeah. be. Let's bring it back. You might as well say it's going to be naked mole rat because that's all I'm thinking about when you say Rufus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Truly. And James Franco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. James what is Franco happening in this movie? <laughs> and Octavia Spencer playing bit characters uncredited. Oh, my God. <laughs> so- <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis walks through as the janitor in one scene. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's, like, wild that there are so many careers that this is, like, the first movie that they have. Like, why was this a career start? Anyways. Yeah. No hate, no no tea, no shade. Aldeus explains that every year, South Glen South competes for the best prom, and they win. And the theme always has to be totally unique. They never really explain, is there like a panel of judges that goes around to the prompt? Like, what do they win? Is it just like it literally sounds bragging fake. rights? <laughs> I have no yeah. idea. And also the prom looked like fine. It looked normal, but it mm. wasn't spectacular. Like the dance, the literal homecoming dance into all the boys looks way more cool than this oh, yeah. prom does. Yeah. So that evening, Josie and Aldis and Aldis's younger sister are all in the car together. They have like ice cream and milkshakes and they're singing Free to Be You and Me when they pass by like a drive-in like parking lot situation. Yeah, very weird. Yeah. Aldis explains that it's called The Court and it's basically where like Guy and all of like the popular kids will go to just like stand around a trash can fire and get drunk. <laughs> Sounds amazing. So Guy, like, stumbles up to the car, and he's like, hey, Alpo, the dog park is that way. And she's like, it's a free country. And he's like, oh, you're not seriously trying to hang out at the court, are you? And she says, cheap wine coolers and a fire in a trash can? Where do I sign up? So then Guy tells her to go home and fickle around with her little calculator and figure out how many lifetimes it's going to take her to get cool as they drive away. And Aldis is like very visibly upset. She's like teary-eyed as she's driving. And Josie asks if she ever wanted to go to the court. And Aldis is like, no, are you kidding? It's so lame. All they do is stand around and get drunk. 
And she's like, yeah, it sounds lame. They're like, yeah, it is. It's really lame. And then they laugh about how they keep saying like lame over and over again. And the mood lightens. So it's all good. Meanwhile, all these little sisters in the back, like, (laughs) I hope I don't become her. I do not (laughs) know her and I do not want to be her. Yeah. At the Times, the Chicago Mm -hmm. Sun-Times. If we um, yeah. forgot, Josie works there. Yeah. Um, Gus and Josie are having a sit down. He is pissed per usual. Apparently, he read the piece on the court by the Tribune. <gasps> There's another undercover fucking cop yeah. in town. The thing is, this movie, I think, would have been so much better if there was like another undercover reporter in the high school. Yeah. And that's who Josie has the romance with. It would have been rather really than the fucking teacher. Ugh. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. I'm just thinking about how, like, she's like, and when I was in high school, I found love. <laughs> it was, uh, if I wasn't. Of 25-year-olds, I would be um, (laughs) in love with a predator, but I'm not. Oh, my God. I can't deal with this movie. I wish I could do a better Drew Barrymore impression. I can't do the lisp. I know. I'm in love with a predator. No, I can't. But I could do the baby voice. So Josie is like, it's so awful. Like, isn't it bad? And Gus is like, no. I'm appalled because I have a reporter in high school. I had to read about the court from the Tribune where the stories are. You will be friends with these people. When they go to the prom, you will be in the same limo. All right. Make friends with the popular people. And he kicks her the fuck out. So then Josie gets home to see Rob is watching baseball in her apartment. And she shows him the article. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I can't do this. And Rob makes a gross comment because there's like a picture of Kirsten, Kristen, and Gibby in this article. He makes a gross comment about like how hot they are. And he's like, we got some underage hotties on our hands. You're 23. You're 23 years old. So Josie explains that it's impossible for her to be friends with the popular kids. And back in high school, all she wanted was to be accepted, but everyone just tortured her. And she's like, I can't go back to South Glen South. And he's like, oh my God, you're at South Glen South? They have a killer baseball team. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Rob, focus. This is not about you. This is not about you. (laughs) So... Rob is like, listen, Josie, you're a successful adult. You know, you wash your hair now. You're not Josie Grossy anymore. And I'm like, oh, my God. All it could have taken you, girlfriend, was a water pick, some Neutrogena, and a little bit of um, dandruff shampoo. And you could have had an entirely different high school experience. Yeah. But Josie's like, I wanted to be you in high school just for a minute to see what being popular felt like. And Rob is like, it's honestly not that hard. You need to meet like one right person. Once they think you're cool, nobody will question it. Don't you want to show Gus, you know, Billy Prince and yourself that you're not freaked out by the cool kids anymore, that you can get that story? And she's Mm -hmm. like, yes. And he's like, if you quit now, you know, you're no better than me. So let's hear it. I'm not Josie Grossy anymore. (laughs) And she's like, I'm not Josie Grossy anymore. Then she's like, I'm not Josie Grossy anymore. And she's like feeling good. She's feeling hot. 
She's feeling ready to go. Yeah. So then the next day, she pulls the fuck up to school in a slightly better outfit than before. A little bit. A little bit of progress. That's when she walks past a van and the door slides open. It's George, played by Cress Williams. He's one of her coworkers from the Sun-Times. And he pulls her into the van. And I'm like, did nobody notice like what looks like it could have been a kidnapping? But okay. <laughs> so when she's in the van, it has like all this surveillance equipment, has like mm-hmm. monitors and everything. And he explains that Gus is having her wear a hidden camera in the form of like a captain's wings pin. Yeah. So that he can like watch her time in school and he'll find the story since Josie is clearly not equipped to do it on her own. So after she's all outfitted with all the gear, she's getting out and she asks George how he got to be so cool. And he says, hard work, herbs, berries. (laughs) And Josie walks off. I found that so funny. I don't know why. Yeah. (laughs) He He is very cool for sure. So yeah, he starts to watch the live feed. Once again, we get another comment from a grown adult man about the asses of teenage girls. Do it that what you will. Yep. <laughs> in English class, Josie reads her essay to Sam, and Anita is watching The Office. She's, like, very moved by her analysis of As You Like It. Mm-hmm. Gus is like, get back to work, Anita. And Anita's like, Gus, <laughs> but have you ever been in love? <laughs> and Gus is like, who knows what that is, acting like he's all jaded. And he's like, yeah. deadlines circulations that's what i understand (laughs) and she's like you need to go out sometime but gus is like no i have enough work to last all night (laughs) so anita's like i have nothing to do this evening so if you would like some help i would love to help Mm. you it's actually surprising because she seems to be like the kind of like eh, like doesn't really do her job until the last minute Mm -hmm. and he's like no Roger from op-ed and she's like no bye Roger bye Roger I'm gonna fuck the boss (laughs) so we get to school Josie is trying to get into her locker where there's this couple making out in front of it Aldi's then comes up to her and she's like Josie oh my god like where's your denominator sweatshirt and Josie's like oh my god I totally forgot it did not change out of it to make myself look more cool or anything and all these is like, oh, I have a spare. Don't worry about it. By the way, we're still on at the cafe at 7.30. And she's like, yeah, sounds good. Meanwhile, Josie overhears Guy and his friends talking about this band they're going to see play tonight. Yeah. James Franco's character says, this is going to be rufalicious. Woof. That's one of oy, his probably oy, three oy. lines <laughs> in this whole movie. So Josie, upon hearing this, runs and grabs a flyer for the gig yes that night josie shows up she's wearing like kind of a cute fit she has like a white tee on with like this cute little dress over it and it's a mexican nightclub the band is playing reggae pretty wild vibe not what i expected Mm -hmm. the bouncer is like are you of age and like i get that you want to be undercover but you should have just flashed your fucking id and then pretended it was a fake if anyone asked you because you look like a exactly loser loser (laughs) yeah she could have flexed on all the popular kids and gotten them drinks yeah so yeah so the bouncer stamps her hand with a stamp that says del loser and she goes into the club the guys are performing on stage josie like dances through the crowd 
She sees Sam with his girlfriend, Laura. <sighs> Laura sucks. She's a total stick in the mud. She's like, the bathroom was disgusting. And she's wearing like a total suit. I'm like, you didn't just get back from work, sweetie. You it doesn't make sense. A- yeah, because she supposedly lives in New York, right? So yeah. she's flown into Chicago for the weekend. Didn't change. And Did you like come directly from work and didn't change? It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. But Sam has Josie introduce herself and Laura's like, what? What? I can't hear you. I can't even hear myself in here. I know. I just know people like this. Girl, you're from New York. What? (laughs) I know. She's like, you've got to grow up and move to New York. And I'm like, absolutely not. That's like the opposite. If you were going to grow up and like get started with a family and shit, you would not be in New York. You would probably go to Chicago. Yeah. So she's like, uh, you know what? I'm hoping that Sam will get this all out of his system before he moves to New York. And Laura says that her firm has season tickets to the Met. And Josie's like, I love baseball, which I think is funny. It's a good joke. <laughs> she and Sam laugh, but Laura's like, okay, bye. And they head out. <laughs> of course, we also see Merkin at the club and he is talking to what looks like other assistants. It's so weird. Yeah. Merkin's like, if you ain't moving, no movement. He's just like saying various like yeah terms that mean nothing. And this is one of them. <laughs> Philosophizing. Yes, yeah. So then we cut back to George's van where he has it all like decked out. He's got the live feed going. He's got the music. And he has a girl with him. They have like a cute little date. Pretty wild. Although I would probably be annoyed if I was going to go on a date with a dude. And he was like, do you want to watch surveillance footage in my van? <laughs> I assume that they might have known each other before this yeah. date, but I do understand. Comparatively, yeah. though, I've been on worse dates. Yeah. I can't tell if men, like, aren't taught, like, no one teaches them that they, when they ask, like, someone out, they should, like, plan a little something. Right. Or, like, pick a restaurant or, like, do anything mm-hmm. at all. Or if men are just like, oh, I don't need to do that because, like, equality and, like, why would I want to, like, sweep a girl off her feet? <laughs> it's just common courtesy. It should be. Like, if you are asking somebody to hang out, then you yeah, are responsible for the doing the planning. Da-da-da. Because, yeah. like, if I asked someone out, I would do the planning because I did the asking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Josie tries to schmooze with the popular girls. They're doing a choreographed dance routine. Ugh. Which also God. would not be cool. Like, no, it's not cool. No. Okay. Like, I made dance routines, like, in middle school, but I wasn't cool for it. I was Ostracized. very much not cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But they walk away from Josie. They're like, no. Yeah. So Josie ends up sitting at a table with some Rastafarian guys. They're on a couch. They offer her a special cake. It's a weed brownie. They call it a ganja cake. It has the vitamin A, D, and THC. <laughs> Did not understand this as a kid at all. No, I remember this this like part of the movie. Yeah. Her eating the cake. And I thought, this is probably worse, but I thought that they were tricking her because she was a loser and that she was eating a shit cake. Like in the oh, hell. No. Oh no. Yeah. yeah. Luckily it's not that. She just like Gets accidentally drugged. took drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Josie proceeds to get incredibly high and the guys end up finding her really annoying. 
So Josie then gets up and she starts dancing her way to the stage. She like steals somebody's feather boa, fully gets on the stage in front of all the popular kids. She's doing some crazy moves. She does the splits, shimmies the feather boa between her legs. She's banging on the drum and banging on her ass. It's it's a lot. Sam is super into it because he's a predator. Some people are vibing. Other people are laughing. It's really a mixed bag. Yeah. Josie gets home and she has the munchies, ends up eating an entire pie while talking to Rob on the phone. She's like, I did it. I'm totally in with the cool kids. I made a bunch of new friends. Did you? No. So (laughs) Josie wakes up in the morning. She seems to have passed out while eating the pie and like slept with her forehead like on her hand. Yeah. So she checks the time. She's like, oh, no, I'm going to be late to school. So she just runs out the door, doesn't even change, like nothing. What she doesn't realize is that the stamp – the deluser stamp is transferred to her forehead, but just the loser part. She gets to school. She's in a great mood. She's like saying hi to all the cool kids. She's like, hi, guy, guys, guys. And they're all like, oh my God, loser, like doing the L on the forehead thing. Yeah, Everyone is laughing at her. Josie and George are both super confused. They're like, what the fuck is going on? Then she runs into the bathroom, splash some water on her face. Obviously, when she looks up into the mirror, George notices the loser stamp, but Josie doesn't see it until she is like about to yeah. leave. And then she freaks out and tries to rub it off. She ends up getting incredibly emotional, mm-hmm. throws up. Gus is like, it's the all humiliation network. Because everyone saw <laughs> it really that. Is. Everyone saw her yeah. puke. Dang, I would be embarrassed too. Josie cries yeah. in the bathroom and has another flashback. Oh, this one, this one hurts. This one hurts my soul. Cruel as hell. Yeah. It's Josie's prom night in high school. She's wearing this like puffy pink prom dress. It's like shiny, plasticky material. One thing that doesn't make sense for me is if this takes place in 99, Josie's 25, she would have been, she would have been in high school in like 91, 92. But this is very much like a mid 80s prom dress. So it doesn't really track, but whatever. She then gets a call from Billy telling her that he's outside to pick her up. So on her way out, Rob tells her to go have fun. Uh, This is why I don't like Rob because supposedly Rob was popular, right? Yeah. He would have like been aware that this whole Billy asking her to prom thing like was not legit and that it was that it was sus and he didn't warn her. I do feel like he's like a clueless guy. Like he doesn't seem to be like mean. In any of the scenes. But I I get that. I just feel like he wouldn't maliciously do something to Josie. Yeah. I think it's a a failing on the writer's part. It's just like a thing that was not considered. Yeah. It doesn't track. So Rob tells her to have fun. She goes outside and Josie sees the limo pull up and waves to Billy as he like stands up in the sunroof. And as he gets up, a girl gets up next to him. It's his date. And Mm -hmm. then he shouts, hey, write a poem about this, geek, and then throws eggs at her, like, at her face. They smash against her, like, dress everywhere. It's horrible. They drive off while they're laughing. Josie is absolutely crushed. She's sobbing and collapses onto the ground. Her mom, like, calls out for her because she hears crying outside, and Josie, like, runs away so she doesn't have to face anyone. It's really horrible. 
Yeah, oh my God. Back in present day, in the hallway, Josie just starts running. She wants to get out. But as she approaches the office door, the door opens and, like, she slams into the door. She's KO down for the count. Mm -hmm. But when she comes to, she sees Rob, who has just registered with a fake ID from the Tiki Post. And he's like, I'm here to play on the baseball team. I'm going to get the right scouts to see me. You know, I'm going to be able to get into the minors. This is my ninth inning. (sighs) God. Yeah. Is it really that easy to infiltrate a high school? Oh my God. I honestly don't think it's that hard to sign up for high school. Like, you just need a birth yeah. certificate. So, if you were interested, yeah. I think you would just need like a fake birth certificate mm. and then you would be able to. Yeah. So, we then cut to the cafeteria where everybody is chanting Rob's name because he's in a coleslaw eating contest with Brett, the football player. Yeah. Which he wins. This coleslaw looks so nasty. Josie is like shocked. Guy and all of his pals are gushing over him. The girls are like, oh my God, he's so hot as he's covered in coleslaw. (laughs) So then this girl named Tracy comes over to Rob and she's like, hi, I'm Tracy. I'm 16 and a gymnast and I don't have a boyfriend. And he's like, all right, all right, all right. And I'm like, you're a 23-year-old man and you're also a predator. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. So then Aldis approaches Josie and she's like, oh my God, where were you last night? Like, I was so worried because she flaked on their plans. And Josie's like, oh, I must have forgotten. I'm so sorry. And then Aldis is like, well, maybe you should forget about sitting with us too. Seems like a bit of an extreme reaction. Aldis. For like one smallish slight, but. But okay. Josie was like never going to get back with that group. No. Cut to. The school is holding a fundraiser for prom, and it's like a whole carnival. I was like, how are they even making money? How? Yeah. (sighs) Huge sigh from me. (laughs) So Josie gets on the Ferris wheel, and the guy who is running the Ferris wheel thinks he should scream, Solo rider! Everyone got a solo rider! Lonely rider in bucket five! And Sam looks at this as his opportunity to groom a young gal. Oh, my God. And he's like, oh, my God. Like, here is my ticket, sir. Is this seat taken? And he gets in with her. Oh, my God. I would feel so uncomfortable if I had to ride on a Ferris wheel with, like, a male teacher when I was in high school. As, like, someone who was super close to my English teacher in high school, who I was, like, found to be an incredible mentor Mm -hmm. like the way that this guy is acting is so inappropriate what the hell yeah yeah unbelievable okay so he gets in the ferris wheel he's acting like a little fucking bitch baby and he's like i'm so afraid of heights and josie's like maybe you wouldn't be so afraid with your gordy how helmet on Ugh. gag me and he's like omg Ooh. oh my god <laughs> you remembered and oh Josie's like i remember everything you say in your classroom 
So in the seat above them on the Ferris wheel is like some of Guy's friends. I think it's like Jessica Alba and one of the dudes. And they're like making fun of Josie and Sam riding together. And he's like, as you should. If the buckets are rocking, don't come and knocking. Mr. Coulson rocks my world. Josie gets super embarrassed. And she's like, why do you guys do that? And he was like, you know, some boys never grow out of that phase. And then he starts, like, pouring his heart out to her about how, like, his girlfriend wants him to move to New York, but he doesn't know if he's ready to commit. And I'm like, what the fuck? This is your student. So he then is like, oh, I I probably shouldn't, you know, Mm -hmm. be telling you all this. And she's like, no, it's nice to have someone to talk to. But not your teacher, girl. Get a friend. Aldis, okay? Yeah. Someone your own age. Well, she is... <sighs> yeah. Well, Sam, you should also be having friends your own age. Yeah. You should not be talking to 17-year-olds like this. So he then tells Josie... This is where it gets really bad. He tells Josie that when she's his age, guys will be lined up around the block for her. You can't be saying that to a 17-year-old student. Arrest him. Arrest <laughs> yeah. him. So Josie's like, oh, you have to say that because you're my teacher. No, sir. And he says, actually, I shouldn't say that because I'm your teacher. Fired. You should be fired on spot. You should be in jail. Uh, Fucking groomer. But they like smile at each other and they're like, hee, hee, hee. I hate it. Yeah. Next day back at school, the hot popular guys talk about Josie and Rob is like, you know, Josie used to date the drummer of the Big Bad Voodoo Daddies. And they're all like, oh, my God. (gasps) Then Rob goes up to the popular girls and tells them that Josie is the heiress to the X-Lux fortune. Oh, my God. And that she spends all her time with her family on a yacht in the south of France. And I'm like, is no one remembering, like, the sheep herder story? Is it, like, the Bali sheep? That's just out the window. Yeah. So then we go to the baseball field where Rob is, you know, in practice. He's, like, on the team. He's also helping the other guys, like, work on their swings and stuff. Mm -hmm. He then tells one of his teammates that he used to go out with Josie, but she dumped him. They're like, really? And he's like, oh, yeah, she's amazing. But, like, we're still really good friends. And they're like, how good? And he's like, real good. And I'm like, weird Uh, that you're talking about your sister. That's your sister. More gross behavior from Rob. Pretty wild. <laughs> then, um, for some reason, oh, <laughs> some classes are combined for a sex education seminar, and Sam is facilitating it. And I'm like, you picked literally the wrong guy, the last yeah. person who should be on the list for this training seminar. Also, yeah. your seniors. What? Why? Too late. Too little, too yeah. late. <laughs> we never had like a condom demonstration thing in my school. We had to take health class as freshmen and we talked mm-hmm. about all that stuff in health class. Yeah. So back to the sex ed seminar. Josie yes. notices Anita in the hallway who thought it would be a good idea to stop by and say hello. What? Anita. Anita, what are you blabbering on about right now so sam is like oh are you here for the sex education seminar and she's like i like a man who gets right to the point and he's like (laughs) okay 
Cool, cool, cool. This is Pam. She's going to lead us in our sex discussion. And Anita is like, uh, okay. Hi, I am Pam. Okay. What is there to say? <laughs> um, when you like a guy, you do it with him. Sometimes he calls, sometimes he doesn't. And she like chuckles. It's really uncomfortable. Uh. Josie drops her books and Anita rushes over to help her. She's like, I was on my lunch break. I just wanted to drop by and say hi. And she says that Sam is a fox. And a predator. So Anita then gets up and says very loudly to Josie, she's like, yes, we'll talk about that later. But the burning sensation is totally normal. Girl, how could what? you? Horrible. Anita starts this impromptu sex talk. She says that sex is really fun when you're old enough. Because when you lose it to some guy named Junior with bad breath at a Guns N' Roses concert, you're going to wish you'd listen to your mom when she said, no one's going to want to buy the whole friggin' ice cream truck when you're giving away the popsicles for free. Yay. The silence is deafening. Then everybody's hands shoot up immediately for questions. Next up, we see the kids, you know, trying to put condoms on bananas. Mm -hmm. Classic. Yeah. Even though we did not do that. Yeah, even though I didn't do it. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Tracy tells Josie that she feels ready to do it for the first time. Josie's like, okay, but you should make sure it's the right person. And then tells a story about penguins and how they mate for life. And Sam is eavesdropping on this conversation Ugh. and like lingering over them. Pretty Ooh. insane. And Tracy's like, well, I'm not a penguin. And Sam says it's an analogy, at which point Josie realizes that like he's behind her and she gets startled, flings the condom out of space. And she's like, excuse me, I have to go die now. So then the loudspeaker comes on and the announcer says, bad news about the prom. East Glen East. These names, Jesus. East Glen East is also using the millennial as their theme. Everyone no. freaks out. It's the end of the world. They all start yelling. Sam is like, all right, everybody calm down. We just need a new theme. And he suggests the 80s. They're all like, it's been done. Like, what do you think we are, amateurs? It's fucking been done. How could you? <laughs> You think I'm a fucking Get amateur? it together, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> so then Guy stands up and he's like, Josie. And some girl's like, that's not a theme. And he's like, thank you. No, Josie will have the answer. So Josie stands up and for the only time in this movie, she doesn't completely fuck something up. Yeah. And she suggests meant for each other couples throughout history which i think is lame <laughs> but everyone kind of takes a beat to see whether it's cool or not and then guy is like genius i love it and everyone's like oh my god yay josie wild all you need is one person all you need yeah now josie's yeah. popular and mm -hmm. she is besties with Kristen and Kristen and gibby and they go to the mall <laughs> and for some reason they are constantly holding hands <laughs> and then josie and sam paint a mural for prom which i don't recall seeing at the prom i don't even know why like if you were actually competing for a great prom you would not hold it in your gym it doesn't it looks like it was at like a mansion 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Like at a manor of some sort, yeah. Which I'm, so I'm like, where did they paint a wall? I think it was like a, like a portable, like a portable mural that they probably oh. put up for like photo ops or something. I see. Okay. Yeah. yeah they're painting the mural and like everyone at the Chicago. Like flirting. Yes. They're like painting each other's oh. noses. I was like, whoa. Everyone at Sir. the Chicago sometimes is riveted by the footage. Yeah. Gus and Anita have their own little flirtation, and mm-hmm. Josie tries to pitch Gus a story about girls wearing um, clothes with tags still on them and then returning them, and he hangs up on her. That's not the story, Josie. So then a baseball game is happening at South Glen South. The girls are watching, and they cheer for Rob. They win. He announces that he's having a victory party at his house tonight. The coach then goes up to Rob and says he has a scout coming to the big game and he's going to be starting. Oh my. This is Rob's big chance. He must have been like really great at baseball to be starting on an amazing team after one semester. Yeah. Yeah. Especially out of not playing for years. Yeah. So after the game, Guy is playing the guitar and like staring with hard eyes right at Josie, like smiling like a fucking idiot. He's like delusional. I know. The girls then tell Josie that she's totally transitioned, transitioned into like being in our group. It's so hard to do. Like people go all through high school and they never transition. And Gibby then says that Guy is totally crunching on her. Uh. Never heard anyone say that. Yeah. Maybe it was a thing in 99, but... Josie is like, do I want to be crunched? And they're like, by guy? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So Josie goes to the Chicago Sun-Times. She has a newfound confidence. She walks into the boardroom late, but she apologizes. Mm -hmm. And, like, he asks for an update on the story and asks to see, like, something, anything. But all Josie has is notes. Yeah, she's like, but it'll be totally Rufus. Yeah. What? Oh, God. He's like, okay, the tapes are compelling, but I want a story in two weeks or I'll Rufus you and Gus right out of here. Gus does not look happy. No. So that night, it's the party at Rob's house. Shit is popping off. Tracy then tells Josie that she's Rob's prom date. Oh, my God. And Josie's like, Oh my God, that's so great. Rob, can I talk to you for a second? And pulls him aside and she's like, yeah, she's 16. This is totally illegal. But then Guy comes up to Josie and he's like, hey, can I, can I grab can you I for a chat you away real quick? For a couple minutes? Can I grab you? <laughs> so she goes off with Guy and Rob is like, I'll see you around the cell block, Mrs. Robinson. Rob goes back to Tracy and she asks what he wants to be when he grows up. And he's like, ball player. And she's like, yeah, but what if you don't make it? Like, do you really want to be working at the Tiki Post the rest of your life? And he's kind of down. And she's like, oh, no, it's like it's fine for an after school job. But like forever, that would be totally lame. And he's he's like, (laughs) he's hit by that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, upstairs, Guy is with Josie. He is leading her into her childhood bedroom oh my god the the mental gymnastics are freaking amazing and inside oh my god guy calls rob's sister a total loser while josie is tactfully flipping all the photos down they go to the bed and he asks her to prom he's like we didn't really hit it off at first and josie cuts him off and she's like yes 
they can all meet at Rob's and share a limo to prom and then guy gets up to leave. It's like <laughs> it all happened so fast. I'm surprised that yeah. he didn't try to like kiss her or do anything. Yeah, he doesn't make any move. I guess like this is where you like remember that he is in fact like a 17-year-old boy. I think that he just asked her because she became popular. Like I don't think yeah. he asked her because he genuinely like feels some type of way about her. Yeah, I can see that. So the next day at school, everyone in the hallway is like saying hi to Josie and Rob as they're walking. Josie's like, oh my God, like I can't believe it. I can't believe I finally fit in. Like this is so amazing. All of our dreams are coming true. Then Kirsten and Kristen come up and they're like, who did Archie date, Betty or Veronica? Because they're trying to figure out like their couple's costumes and stuff for the dance. Mm -hmm. And then once she says both, Sam pops up out of fucking nowhere, like the creep that he is. And he's like, I always liked Betty better. She was so fun and spunky. Veronica was too high maintenance, but she had great legs. And I'm like, fuck off, you fucking creep. What a wild thing to say. (sighs) Yeah. So then we cut to the prom ticket table where the popular kids are refusing to sell Aldi's a prom ticket. And she's like, oh my God, like, what, you just don't know how to count change? That's fine. I'll make it easy for you. Here's the money. I'm taking the ticket and walks out. And they're like super pissed by this For no reason. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, she was totally mocking us. And they say that she's going down and they're going to make her eat dog food. Pretty insane. Yeah. So then we cut back to Sam and Josie who are sitting down on like a bench together to chat. (laughs) At this point in the in the shooting draft of the script, there's like a whole conversation that happens before we like pick up in the actual movie where like they're talking and things are all like very tension filled and they almost kiss not for me on school property on top of it all no shame luckily they cut that so we didn't have to see it but so they're sitting on this bench and sam tells josie that he got her an interview with the admissions officer at dartmouth and josie tells him that she wasn't planning on going to college and he's like no like i pulled some strings and i showed them your writing you owe it to yourself to go to college you're a great writer all you have to do is find your story gag back at the office Gus tells Josie that Sam being a predator is the story they have been looking for. And Josie, yes. I'm like, that is true. Yep. And Josie's like, no. And he's like, yes. This is everything, you know, sex, intrigue, immorality in the education system. And Josie claims that there is nothing going on between them. Gus is like, Rickford is salivating over it. <laughs> And Josie is shocked that he pitched this to Rickford. Gus is like, okay, both of our jobs depend on this. This is the story. So it's the night of prom. Josie gets to Rob slash her childhood home in costume. She's dressed as Rosalind from As You Like It. Rob tells her that she looks totally Rufus. (laughs) Meanwhile... (laughs) Rob is dressed as um, Tom Cruise in Risky Business and like Mm -hmm. the button down, the underwear and the sunglasses. So Josie thanks him for everything that he's done for her and they hug. It's like a nice moment. Yeah. Josie turns to the street where she sees a limo pull up. Just like when she was in high school, Guy emerges from the sunroof and she sees him holding something white in his hand. And at first she thinks she's going to be pelted with eggs again. But he's actually just holding a long stem white rose. 
Thank God. Whoa. I would not have been able to handle it if she got egged again. I wouldn't. So. A mental breakdown. We're in the clear. Hey, hey, hey. Outside of the prom, there are people in... Who's in the village people costume? There's a group of four guys that are dressed as the village people. Pretty cool. This is their couple's costume, which is pretty wild. <laughs> and there's a tortoise in the hair. Gibby shows up dressed as Malibu Barbie and freaks out when she sees that the other girls are also dressed as Barbie, but they're Disco Barbie and Evening War Barbie. Um, yeah. Then um, they tell Josie she looks Rufus and asks if she's medieval Barbie. <laughs> But she explains yeah. that her and Guy are Rosalind and Orlando. They don't get it, but they are impressed by Guy's sword. Yeah. He's like, look, I have a sword. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so awesome. So everyone at the office is having like a full-on watch party of the prom. Um, Merkin says that he is still taking bets for their pool. Josie has two to one odds for prom court, and it's even money that Guy pokes himself with a sword by the end of the night. Meanwhile, George and his lady are watching in the van. They have a little champagne. It's very cute. <laughs> so back at the prom, the gang all like sits down at their table. Kristen is practicing her surprise face for when they announce prom court. We have like a fun little gag where two students dressed as like Mary and Joseph come over to sit at their table. Yeah. And Kirsten's like, sorry, there's no room. It's just too bad for them. <laughs> We then see Rob and Tracy. They're like tearing it up on the dance floor and they go to sit down for a second. Mm -hmm. Tracy is like pretty drunk because apparently Gibby gave her champagne. She then leans over to Rob and she's like, Rob, you're the one. My penguin. <laughs> and I think, I mean, I know that I'm ready. And then she puts her leg over her head and says, once the floor stops spinning, let's have sex. Unbelievable. Rob is oh like, God. skirt, skirt, I'm going to get some punch, and then we should get back on the dance floor. <laughs> then, in a grand entrance, Ugh. Aldis and the denominators come in dressed as DNA. They're, like, yeah. in body suits and have the strings, and I'm like, yeah. I, like, get it. Like, I get, like, that's, like, your thing, but I'm like, holy mm. hell. <laughs> yeah. Don't do this if you're in high school. <laughs> Don't do this. Don't do it. Don't do it. So then it's that time of the night. Time to announce the prom court. Of course, announced by Sam and Mrs. Knox, apparently the only two teachers in this school. <laughs> Obviously, Kristen, Kirsten, and Gibby are the princesses. Of course. Tommy, who's one of Guy's guys, mm -hmm. James Franco, and Rob are the princes. Of course, Guy wins prom king, and prom queen goes to... <gasps> Josie Geller. <gasps> Everyone cheers, both the prom and the office. Josie goes up and gets her crown. Sam is just eye-fucking the shit out of her because he's a predator once again. That's crazy. <sighs> so Sam announces that the king and queen will now have their first dance. Anita says she never made it to her prom. She only made it to the parking lot. And that's, like, really sad. Oh. I think oh, it's Anita. terrible. As they dance, Guy asks what she's thinking about, and Josie tells her how Shakespeare wrote about a night like this. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, she pulls out that quote, too. Yeah, I'm like, not to um, sound like an ass, but girlfriend, you got to get over high school. Like, what? Yeah. 
like why is this so important to you? But she asks Guy what he's thinking about. And he's like, my sword. Ugh. Of course. And he tells Josie she's the most amazing girl he's ever met. And she looks over at Sam. And literally, Sam is watching her slow dance. The fucking pathetic look on his face. Like, oh, woe is me. Poor sad predator can't dance with the 17-year-old. <sighs> So after this dance, Josie goes over to get some cake where Sam approaches her and says that she makes a really beautiful prom queen. Oh my god. Yeah, I just I feel like a goofball in these penguin suits. Anyways, wanna dance? What? Yeah. Anyways. Meanwhile, Guy goes over to Aldi's and he's like, it's prom. Let's put all this shit behind us. I would love to just dance with you if it's okay with the rest of the double helix. And Aldi's like clearly has wanted this for a very long time. She takes off. She like unzips her lab jumpsuit to reveal this like full body spandex blue one piece that she's wearing. And they get on the dance floor. Josie and Sam are dancing. And he says that prom always makes him so sad because it's so final. And she's like, is your girlfriend here tonight? Why would she be and there? <laughs> Why would she be at the prom? Why would his New York girlfriend be at the prom for high school people? Yep. And he reveals that they actually broke up earlier this week. And she's like, crazy. oh my God, prom comes from promenade and you can't promenade alone. And Sam, <laughs> Sam is like, you're amazing. Fuck off. Fuck off. What? <laughs> all right. All right. So while Guy dances with Aldis, the popular girls bring out a can of dog food. Josie is dancing with Sam. I cannot believe this is happening. Yeah. And she says there's something that she wants to tell him. And she takes off her pen. The office yeah. is screaming. Sam says there's something he wants to tell her too, but Josie sees the dog food and she thinks about her own prom night when she got egged um, and she goes over, you know, knocks the dog food can out of the boy's hand just before he dumps it on Aldi's. It ends up yep. landing on the Barbies and they all scream, Josie, you ruined the prom. You don't deserve to be prom queen. And Josie's like, I don't care. I don't care about being your prom queen. I'm 25 and I'm an undercover reporter for the <gasps> Chicago Sun-Times and I've been beating my brains out trying to impress you people. Yeah, she then pops off. She's like, I want to tell you something, Gibby, Kirsten, Kristen. You will spend your lives trying to figure out how to keep others down because it makes you feel more important. And then she points to Aldi's and she's like, why her? What did she ever do to you? Let me tell you something about this girl. She is unbelievable. I was new here, and she befriended me, no questions asked. But you, you were my friends only after my brother, Rob, posed as a <gasps> student, dun dun dun, and told you to like me. And to all of you, there's a big world out there, bigger than prom, bigger than high school. It won't matter if you were a prom queen, or the quarterback of the football team, or the biggest nerd in school. Find out who you are. And don't be afraid of it. So after Josie runs out, Aldis then starts clapping and everyone is applauding her, including Rob, who is then like, oh my God, it's just like Carrie. I thought she was going to kill us all. <laughs> it's so funny. Crickets. 
everyone just stares at him and he's like, all right, go Rams and runs out. Outside, George finds Josie and says Gus is going crazy. He asks her if she got the scoop on Colson and she tells him that she did not. Um, We pan down to see that right there, you know, Mr. Colson is sitting and obviously hears every word they're saying. Yeah. George leaves and Josie says, surprise. And he's like, surprise? You were doing a story on me? (laughs) You have no right. And she's like, (sighs) no, I couldn't. Surprise. I was hoping. And he's literally... Oh my god. I'm unable to process this. He's like, what? Hoping I'd be happy because it turns out I was allowed to be attracted to you? Yes. 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 You should be over yes. the fucking moon. You dude. should be fucking partying. You should be jumping for joy. You should oh be dancing. <laughs> you should be fist pumping. You fucking piece of shit. Oh my god. I hate him so much. So he decides to turn the blame on her. And he's like, you set me up for a story. I was just a nice old pedophile and you set me up for this mean little story. There's a line in the shooting draft. Oh, it's pretty insane. He says, he mentions something about how like he's been going out of his mind this whole time. And he says... When I wasn't taking cold showers, I was thinking about what I was going to do after I wasn't allowed to teach anymore. What the fuck? How did that make it into this script? Well, I should be happy that you're not a minor. Uh Uh-huh. Correct. Correct. You nailed it. So Josie, like, tries to speak, and he tells her to just drop the act and says that every word out of her mouth has been a complete lie. And she's trying so hard to, like, make this work. She's like, well, maybe if we just spent some time together, like, you could get to know me again. And he's like, I just can't look at you the same way. Yeah, you fuck, you shouldn't. You shouldn't look at her like she's a 17-year-old. But it's just so fucked up. The way he turns the blame on her. Also, Josie, the fact that this man was like falling in love with a 17-year-old, maybe you as a 25-year-old don't want to get involved with him. Yeah. That's like a big red flag. After prom, Josie walks home. She sees Rob waiting for her. He is seething mad. He's like, you know what? You ruined everything for me. I got you everything you wanted and this is how you're paying me. Bro, you knew there was a chance of this yeah. happening when you decided to become an undercover fucking high schooler. Also, yeah. you took a 16-year-old girl to prom. Yeah. And, like, definitely, at the very least, made out with her. Maybe more. So. That girl is going to have issues because of that. And he's like, the only time I've been happy the last five years has been when I played baseball. Rob says he was really helping those guys. Um, he was teaching them baseball and like he could see their improvement and he felt like his life actually had meaning. So Josie is feeling like trash and that's only emphasized by the Tribune writing a story about her. So she didn't even get the scoop on her own Damn scoop. it. Gus says that they're both screwed and they have nothing. He totally starts laying into her for making a mockery of them and botching the assignment. And she starts to cry, but she's like, yes, I made a mistake, but you will get your story. We will have an amazing story. She storms out of his office. 
Yes. Josie goes into South Glen South. She walks through Mm. the locker room holding up a briefcase and she's like, cover up, boys. And she gets to the coach's office. She says that she needs a favor from him. And in return, she can promise that Jim Lacken, big time sports reporter, and every other reporter in the area will be at that game. So Josie finally starts to write her story. She talks about how she's 25 and she's never really kissed a guy. She was always a geek. And in high school, she thought that things would change when the cutest guy in school asked her to prom. But it all turned out to be a cruel joke Mm -hmm. and she never really recovered, clearly. (laughs) And Josie tells the story of how she received this assignment. We see Sam packing up his apartment Josie's newspaper sitting unopened on his counter. Yes. She says that going back to high school showed her that there's still that kooky teacher, those beautiful, popular girls, and the smart kids. And there's still that one guy who is so perfect in every way that you get up for in the morning. You know, South Glen. Oh, my God. (laughs) She says that South Glen South would not have been the same without him. High school would not have been the same without him. I would not have been the same without him. And she says that after her second high school experience, she only has one regret. The teacher she hurt. Uh. To this man, you know who you are. So this man, Sam, is wrapping up trophies in his apartment with newspapers. He's about to see Josie's story when he's distracted by a knock at the door. It's the movers. So Josie says in her article that she is in love with this man and she will be at the state championship baseball game standing on the pitcher's mound for five minutes before the game starts. And if he accepts her apology, she asks him to come and give her her first real kiss. So Josie is in the dugout. She is incredibly nervous. The reporters are all snapping photos of her. Um, The crowd is gigantic. Anita and Aldis give her a pep talk and give her a hug. Um, Coach smacks her on the ass and he's like, go out there and get him. So she goes to the pitcher's mound as the crowd cheers her on. Even the popular kids are there. She asks for five minutes on the clock as everyone cheers for her. The clock starts counting down. For whatever reason, Rickford comes over and he has like hot wieners and he's like, want a wiener? You want a wiener? Like, I don't know. Whatever. It's just funny. The reason that happens is because in the script, like that was supposed to be a bit where he like bites into the hot dog and there's like a nail in it. And that's like his next idea is to do an expose on like cafeteria food at the high school. Yeah. So... Josie waits patiently while the clock is ticking. We get down to the final seconds, and Sam is nowhere to be seen. Everyone stands, and they start counting down. They're like, ten, nine, eight. I'm like, this is not a good thing. That you're, he's not there yet, but everyone's acting like it's New Year's Eve. I know. <laughs> oh my God. Josie is teary-eyed. She's scanning the crowd for him. But the time runs out. Sam isn't there. Everyone stands in really sad silence. Josie drops the mic. She looks down. 
But suddenly, the crowd starts cheering for her, and everyone notices Sam running down the steps onto the field. Josie sees him, and he does a very slow jog (laughs) up to her. He then finally kisses her. Everyone is cheering. We hear the Beach Boys singing Don't Worry Baby in the background. And then he says, sorry I'm late. It took me forever to get here. And she says, I know what you mean. And they kiss again. Wow. Anita kisses Gus. Josie's office aide kisses Merkin. Kristen kisses Tommy. James Franco tries to kiss Kristen and she hits him with her purse. Then we zoom into the dugout where we see that Rob got hired, okay, as the assistant coach. And the team runs out onto the field to start the game. Josie and Sam continue to make out, run credits with retro high school pictures of the actors. Yeah, and that's never been kissed. What an insane movie. (laughs) What a freaking crazy movie. It's interesting, like, I wish... That it kind of like leaned into being a little more like satirical. Like I feel Mm -hmm. like at times it's just too – trying to be too earnest and too genuine and the performances aren't really balanced because like Drew Barrymore is acting crazy in this movie. Like it's an insane performance. But then people like Michael Vartan are like not on her same level. So it just is like kind of off. Yeah. And then Guy is also like not really comedic. But you get, like, Mm -hmm. this really, like, I think that Kirsten and Kristen, there could have been, like, so much more with those characters and, like, just making it really campy and, like, weird, kind of, like, off the wall. Yeah, I just had, like, some tone issues for me where, and, like, you know, the whole thing of him being a fucking rumor situation. Definitely. Because even with, like, I'm thinking of, like, Clueless. Because Clueless has that, like, kind of, like, off-the-wall feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was weird. And then I was like, I want more Molly Shannon, but, like, Molly Shannon doesn't really fit in. Like, I feel like the yeah. sex scene that she was in, like, the seminar is, like, very weird. There's, like, no reason mm-hmm. for that to even be in the movie. Like, it didn't serve yeah. anything. It wasn't, like, funny enough to justify it for comedic purposes. Yeah. And it's like, you have Molly Shannon, and I just feel like they wasted her in this movie. I wish they gave her more. But I mean, overall, was I entertained? Yeah, because this movie is crazy. This movie's unhinged. I mean, if I take the creepy factor aside, yeah. I think that like Michael Vartan and Drew Barrymore have like okay chemistry. Yeah. I could believe it. I bought it. I think he could be very charming. And, like, a character you could root for if he didn't think she was 17 the whole time. Yeah. I like the scene in the beginning where the girls are talking in the cafeteria room. And they're having, like, a really earnest conversation. But then, like, the balance of the film is so off that we don't, Mm -hmm. like, see that again. I guess the end kind of has that back with, like, the article that she wrote. But Mm -hmm. it's, like, tonally very weird. I wish that, like, the theme of her never, like really being in love or like having like that kiss having that experience was more present throughout yeah we don't even really talk about it i'm like have you actually never been kissed like yeah what's what's your dating life been like since high school like anything right and like i think that's an interesting concept and i think something that a lot of people who are our age like 24 25 like have such varying degrees of experience with dating yeah, definitely. And it can be really easy to feel like 
you're behind or like you're lacking something if you're like 25 and you haven't like really been in a real relationship. That's something that's like interesting and I feel like they just kind of like dropped it. Yeah. And it became more so about her just being undercover and like yeah, this weird um, pedophile. <laughs> yeah. If she's falling for Sam, I would have liked to see like how that developed and like what about him made her feel that way. Yeah, but you don't get any information about that. Exactly. Yeah, it feels like really impersonal, which is uncharacteristic yeah. of a rom-com. Because like Josie is a very distinct character and I feel like her point of view on all those things would be really interesting and I think palatable for an audience. And it's just mm-hmm. a shame that the writing didn't really serve that. It felt like they more so wanted to just like make fun of Josie for most yeah. of the film. I was thinking about how we would be able to rate these rom-coms this month. And um, I think we should rate by, I want two of the categories to be rom and com. Mm. So like the romance, the comedy. Yeah. Rom, com, performances, and then how many boxes of chocolates. Ooh. I like it. Um, For this movie, I would give the rom out of five hearts. Yeah. Okay. Two hearts. Yeah. Two hearts. One and a half hearts. Points taken away for um, pedophilia. (laughs) There's not even a ton of romance. Like no, there's well there there were more scenes with them one on one, but I think that if they were included, yeah, it would have been way too much. Like it was already too creepy with the little amounts that we had. Yeah, I feel you. But then it's also a shame that we didn't get to see like how this developed because all of a sudden at the end she's like in love with him. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would be down to do two two hearts for the calm. There are some really funny moments. Yeah, I was leaning toward a three. I mean, you have yeah. John C. Riley, Molly Shannon, yeah. Drew Barrymore yeah. is like pretty funny. Yeah, there were some very good laughs in this movie, mm-hmm. even if they could have made it funnier. Yes, I'd agree with three hearts for calm performances. It's just so like uneven across the board it's hard to like there are a lot of characters too so you Mm -hmm. don't even see certain people like consistently i feel like i was pleasantly surprised by jessica alba's performance oh yeah i thought it was hilarious and she was just like playing exactly who that person would be i really like rickford i thought he was so funny it's just gary marshall like being himself i think (laughs) I loved it. My hair plugs inspired our last <laughs> foray. Hair today, gone tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with two and a half. Not quite like a three. I'll agree with two and a half. Two and a half is like the halfway point between zero and five. That's true. So, yeah. And um, last but not least, how many boxes of chocolates? Well, I would give this movie like, I think a five, like right in the middle, because I did enjoy watching it, but it didn't really exceed my expectations. Yeah. And I would eat probably five boxes of chocolates while eating this because I would be watching a movie and then I would get distracted and then I would Mm. really want to eat a lot of chocolate. Yeah. And I would need it to cope. Yeah. (laughs) I I would give it four boxes of chocolates. Yeah. And I'm going to eat six boxes of chocolates makes sense makes sense yeah split the difference (laughs) 
All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to our first episode of Rom-Com February. We hope you had a blast. I certainly did. Lots of laughs in this recording. Yeah. So you had a lot of fun. (laughs) Do not forget to head to TikTok. Yeah. Don't forget to follow us there. It's Movies That Raised Us Pod. And you can follow us on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. And you can follow us on Twitter. It's MTRU underscore pod. And... You can buy our merch. The link is in our Instagram bio, and it's also in the show notes. All our links are there. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Thank you so much for listening to Movies That Raised Us. We are Mo and Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.